Welcome, welcome back to another episode of In The Ballpark. It is episode four. It is an absolute pleasure to have your company today. We are without one member, unfortunately. Maxi Tonner has suffered a bit of a setback with his internet connection. So thankfully, I do have another member who is the umpire, who will pin you for holding the beer if you had a prior opportunity to neck it in front of your rowdy mates and a failure to dispose of it effectively will result in an automatic dry July and the drink goes to the opposition sex to be made into a shandy. It's Ryan Fryzy Hardwick. Fryzy, welcome to you. Surfers, thrilled to be here. That is once again just brilliant for yet another week. And look, that's right. I mean, you can't be hanging on to the beer for too long. Without any further ado, I mean, could not forget... On the other end here, we have the man you're guaranteed to find climbing a tree for a footy he lost over 20 years ago. The same man that was able to trade his Jordan McMahon footy card. Yes, you heard me correctly. For Gary Ablett after McMahon's match-winning goal in 2009 and the man who is in current talks with Kanye West to make the AFL the number one national sport in the United States. It's Michael. Can't tell him nothing. Sir Hell. Very good, Fryzy. Oh. I was very impressed with that, mate. Wow, we. It's incredible, Fryzy, because when I was writing up my own introduction, as I do every <laughs> week, I was looking through a couple of statistics. Jordan McMahon went in the 2000 draft at pick number 10. He was in the top 10 pick. Is that right? Is that high? Wow. To the Western Bulldogs initially, wasn't it? That's, that is correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. correct, Fryzy. Long, t- long time ago now. If you saw those statistics just raw, you would think that's a pretty good trade for me because pick number 40 in the 2001 draft was a father-son pick and that person was none other than Gary Ablett Jr. So there you go. As far as ranking oh. is concerned, I don't know if Geelong were way down the pecking order when they took that draft pick, but gee whiz, for pick number 40, not not the worst return from that player. Oh, Surf's not at all. You, you were ahead of your time there, I think, with the trade. And, you know, he was he was hot property at that stage, that match-winning goal in a, in a dead rubber that... Two bottom teams. Someone had to win it. Oh. You'd have to win it. I'll tell you what. And, and, it's, and it's ironic because both of those clubs actually played against each other last round in round five. So, yeah, extraordinary timing for that introduction, Fryzy. They did. They did. And it was like it has been the last few years. It was once again at the MCG. But this time, it, uh, it wasn't the night before the Anzac Day clash. And, of course, there were quite a few less people in the stands it's as funny well. Funny you mention those because um, I suppose the... The biggest uh, topic on our agenda here, Serps, is the fact that the Victorian clubs uh, are there. They're all up in their respective hubs, those two teams included. It's just a weird and wacky situation. This was probably the most unforeseen and random round of football we've ever had, I think, ever. It's extraordinary, Fryzy. It's it's certainly something that will be written in a AFL textbook or almanac, whatever you prefer. It's going to be in the history books for a very, very long period of time. I mean, this time last week, we were talking about all the Victorian clubs having to leave their homes, all of those players and That's right. coaching staff, all in those areas that were in the hotspots, all the hot postcodes here in Victoria that were considered COVID areas of, of high risk. Mm-hmm. 
all of those coaches, staff and players had to leave those areas before midnight. And now we are in a complete lockdown here in Victoria, which means that all of the 10 Victorian clubs are now in hubs in different states. So you've got the Saints and the Blues. They are in Noosa, Fryzy. Can you believe that? The Sunshine Ooh, Coach. And I'm, oh. I'm as difficult as a time it is, there's got to be an aspect of it that they're quite enjoying that. I mean... It's, uh, it's a perfect time of year to be up there for a holiday as it is. So to a, to a small extent, there might be, uh, there might be some very uh, satisfied young lads in those squads. We've got the Tigers, our mob, the Bombers. We've got the Dogs and the Kangaroos. They're going to be on the Gold Coast. And for Izzy, I've been waiting to say this for a very, very long time. Well, it took the AFL 15 years, but they finally sent North Melbourne to the Gold Coast. That's right. That's right. Look, there was, uh, there was once a stage where they were very close to doing it permanently. So, look, um, it's, it's almost appropriate that it's ended up... Uh, like this for them. And of course, with Essendon being one of their biggest rivals, they just happen to be facing them first up on Saturday night. So we have a situation where where no one's playing at their true home ground. Um, You've got Victorian teams playing each other interstate. It's just a it's a situation that you otherwise would have never seen. It is absolutely phenomenal, Fryzy. And to the other teams that have had to travel interstate in their new hubs, Hawthorne, Collingwood, Melbourne and Geelong are now in New South Wales for round six. And as for the rest of the competition, West Coast, Fremantle and Adelaide will finally play a game in their home state starting from round seven. So they are still not in their home states as we speak. The power will stay in Queensland for their next two games. So everyone is everywhere in their different non-home states. <laughs> they really are. It's almost impossible to keep track of who is where because they're sort of you've got a couple here and four over here, and it's um, it's just you know take take a number sort of thing. Who's next? And you know you might be here this week, and where are you going to be next week? Well, who the hell really knows? It's very, very unclear, very, very murky waters indeed, which takes me to my next point, Fryzy, about the grand final. The final game, which we usually would say is in September, recently October, now possibly late November. Who knows? It could be the last weekend in November, and it could, it could possibly be in a different state, Fryzy. How about that? I mean, the change of location is enough to take in as it is, but who would have ever thought we might have... The grand final and Christmas a month apart. I mean, it just, um, it's unheard of really. And I suppose, as you say, sir, that's all, that's all the chatter at the moment mm. is where is this grand final going to be? We're probably not any closer to knowing yet um, until we get, you know, closer to the date and crowd attendances become a, a topic uh, and probably that comes down to the teams that are in it as well. Mm. Oh, for sure. It it definitely will play a big part in that. Sydney's ANZ Stadium has reportedly emerged as the front runner to host the 2020 Grand Final, which is unbelievable when you think about the context of this stadium. We were talking a couple of years back, Fryzy, of this stadium potentially being ripped down. The the spectacle of sport being played there, the actual surface itself of the ground was a little bit wacky. And not to mention just some of the spectacles that we had there. So it's it's obviously that ground was made for the Olympics all those years ago, 20 years ago. It, it sure was. Incredible. And I, it's, it's funny you mentioned that, Serp. I, I do recall some of the earliest days of in the ballpark and there were 
there was an episode or two there where I think at the time that stadium was coming to the end of its football lifespan. And I think it was right in the midst of waves and waves of criticism for that surface, as you mentioned. Um, so remarkable to think that they're, they're floating that up as a, as a real contender. Correct me if I'm wrong here, Frizy, but was that the ground where Jared Roughhead fell out of the field of play and into what looked like a pretty nasty bolt. A concrete bolt, yes. It was It was much talked about that because I don't think uh, it ended too well for him, obviously. And that was probably, you might say, the beginning of the end for that stadium, if I recall. The, the ground, however, it can fit 75,000, so not quite MCG level of attendances, but mm-hmm. probably a lot bigger than the other stadium that is at the moment being touted as another possibility being uh, Optus Stadium over in Perth that can hold 60,000. Obviously, uh, that yes. ground is a lot newer. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's state-of-the-art and the, the light shows that they do there are, are pretty, pretty impressive if we're, thinking, sure. if we're thinking about a night grand final. But you do remember that final, I think it was back in 2016, it might have been the qualifying final and Sydney were playing the Giants there and they got quite a bumper crowd and there might have been about 60,000 for us. Yeah, that's, that's right. I noticed, uh, it's funny you say that, I'd say probably in the last decade, even 10 to 15, I think, I think the Swans have played most of their, their major finals, their home finals there. And they generally always fill the place out. So, look, I can see why it's an attraction with the extra seating capacity. There's no doubt uh, they've got it firmly in the conversation. This this topic is probably going to be the, the most fascinating one over the next few months between now and the end to see uh, to see which way they go and why. Oh, for sure. And even Queensland Sport Minister Kate Jones launched her state's bid as well. So it seems like a lot of different states are thinking this could be a massive revenue booster for them if they can mm-hmm. host the grand final. Because as you know, in Victoria, we get our own public holiday for the grand final parade. So it's almost like a three-day weekend. And well, let's face it, for the clubs and the supporters that end up winning the grand final, it's a couple of months worth of public holidays, or at least for them. Oh, it is. It a couple is. of cities in that mix. If your team, if your team happens to win, I think, uh, I think you'd be taking minimum a week off work. Let's get straight to our considerable winners because one of those winners, and we haven't said this at all so far this season, Frizy, but we've been building towards a big performance. And finally, the boys in the red and black got the big points on a Friday night stage, mind you, which is obviously very, very impressive against one of our biggest arch rivals, Collingwood. This was a mammoth victory and certainly one that we did not predict or expect coming into round five, Frizzy. No, certainly not. And uh, I think uh, spot on there, as you said, Serbs, you know, COVID times or not, it's always great from an Essendon supporter perspective to beat the Pies. Uh, that was their definitely their most complete performance so far. They didn't, they didn't start well. If I recall, the first, the first three goals went Collingwood's way. And I think most Essendon fans at that stage might have thought, well, we know where this goes from here. So they just out Collingwood. Collingwood almost, didn't they? They sort of did what they do well, but even better. As soon as we started pinning them back in the second half of the first quarter, where we, as you mentioned perfectly, did not expect us to to make that sort of comeback. And we made that sort of comeback. We switched that trigger very, very early on in that first quarter. We just knew that we weren't getting our hands on the ball. It wasn't looking good for us. It could have been a massive blowout. But to the boys' credit, credit where credit is due, they brought that heat when it needed and uh, kicked those goals, squared it up at quarter time. And then from then on, Jakey Stringer 
Not only is he slightly big at the moment. Jakey, wait, yes. But boy, Jakey. Has been a very, very solid contributor so far this season. What, four games he's played, he's kicked 10 goals or more, and he's just looked the full package, quite oh, literally the full he, package. He has had certain... Now, this is... This is we've, we've seen it before, but we're getting that value for money with this package once again. I tell you, we... Um, we picked up a rare bargain in terms of packages, if that's what you're looking at there. It does, it does hurt. As you say, the injury couldn't have come at a worse time. But, um, yeah, there's been a little bit of chat about, uh, about the physique of the, of the fella. And i got to say, I still think most Essendon fans aren't going to mind too much what he looks like if these performances uh, happen week in, week out. I mean, he still manages to cover the ground pretty well, Frizy. You saw him in mm-hmm. in the midfield, in the guts a couple of times, and then <laughs> streaming up forward and kicking his goals at very, very important times. All very, very crucial set shots, mind you, as well. And yeah, his tackling pressure was brilliant and yeah, set up a lot of play. So he was an absolute superstar. Dylan Schill played incredibly well as well. Got plenty of the pill and then pretty much sealed the deal. So So he has emerged as a real superstar for us, not only with his dash on the outside, but also winning some of the hardball as well. And we were talking this time last week, Frizy, about the fact that T-Bell has looked very, very underdone. But look at Andrew Phillips out of nowhere. Big body. We were mentioning how was he possibly going to negate Brody Grundy and Mm -hmm. take his influence out of the games. Well, Frizy, we saw it firsthand. He was brilliant. There there it is. That is is certainly a debut and a half for your new club. Look, we we were talking about it. Um, And I think, yeah, we've seen a bit of proof in there that... um, Perhaps that uh, that ruck duty needs to shift at Essendon pretty soon. And look, that might have been the perfect uh, template going forward. So the start of um, perhaps quite a quite a prosperous uh, career at his third club, I should add. Not many trades in recent times have went between the Carlton and the Essendon channels, but a very, very good emerging Ruckman and yeah he's been around for a while and uh, he'll certainly compliment Draper hopefully when he comes back in. But Serbs for me tell you whose time it might just be and they got close enough last year until they sort of got overwrought a bit come the finals but Serbs the Brisbane Lions. The Brizzy Lions? Is this it? Well, Frizy, what a statement they made this round. They bet the top of the table power and my gosh they did it with amazing speed and very, very impressive work rate as well from some of the younger guns. And gee whiz, Frizy, they are going to be a very, very scary team to come up against in the next couple of weeks. They jumped out of the blocks and uh, there was no way Port were going to get their way back after that. Look, I know that um, it feels like it changes on a week to week. Who's Who's the hot team of the week that we talk about? You know, last week it was Port Adelaide. There was plenty of chat about them. After their perfect start, Brisbane have come out and just made um, made fools of them almost. It it was absolutely comprehensive. They, they also get the, the little benefit of having uh, some of their their footy in, in, in their own home state. There's plenty of teams that plenty of teams that aren't getting that. So look, it's it's too soon to be um, making such calls, obviously, but look the stars could just be aligning for them. Someone from the Brisbane Lions who has been in that window for a very long period of time now and who is really starting to not only get more of the ball and be influential with his leadership and with his ball use, but now is really starting to hit the scoreboard pretty hard as well is none other than Lockie Neal. I mean, 
Where do you mm. see him in the Brownlow contention? Is he a favourite at the moment for you, Fraser? Oh, he's he's uh, certainly in that conversation, well and truly. And look, as as you said quite rightly, he, he has been for the last few seasons, whether it was when he was still at Fremantle or since coming to the Lions, and he deserves to be. Um, I think, regardless, anyone that wins that amount of football, they're they're going to get noticed, aren't they? Another player I want to touch on as well is. Eric Hipwood. I mean, we were comparing him a couple of seasons ago to the emergence of Joey Danaher. Mm-hmm. Not as big of a boy as far as his muscular capacity is, but I'll tell you what, on the run from 50, he's looking amazing. Oh. Similar to Joey at his peak as well, but yep. how far can Eric Hipwood go this season, do you reckon? Oh, isn't the, isn't the sky the limit? There's just every, uh, every season he's seemed to just come on that little bit further. We're starting to get into that, that prime season stage his best years are coming up i think and oh god look out the stars are well and truly aligning in brisbane but let's talk mm-hmm. about the mammoth losers fries <laughs> because right. at the other end of the spectrum we have a team who in 2018 really pushed all the way deep into the final series but couldn't quite get the chocolates. We are talking about Melbourne and since then, Frizy, we've got to we've got to highlight the fact that they have really fallen from grace, had a really, 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 really terrible season last season. Mm-hmm. Yes, they had their injuries. Yes, they had some off field woes, but to finish close to the bottom of the ladder and then this season to only have one win and be pretty woeful in some of their performances. Gee, not much going right at uh, good old Demon Land. No, no. And I've got to be careful because it's it's almost falling out of control completely again already. And we're only a third of, or so of the way through this uh, this obviously modified season. I don't know what's next, but um, they, uh, they, they don't look watchable at all. In fact, they've... Um, they've Rarely strung together four quarters of, um, you know, consistent uh, and the sort of football that's scoring regularly enough to win win games. You keep going down this trajectory and it, 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 you're probably not going to win many more for the whole season. It's very worrying, Frizy. It's very, very worrying. And, yeah, we talk about um, unwatchable footy, but uh, the, fail- the failure to score over 60 points in a single game so far this season clearly shows that, you know, yes, they are moving the ball quicker than any other team in the competition, but they're not executing. And those those easy kicks, like just lowering the eyes, seeing what's up ahead, taking, mm-hmm. taking a good option rather than going long and relying on their forward line, which is practically non-existent at the moment, it is very, very difficult to get the scoreboard ticking over with that kind of attitude. Yes, I will concede this, though. They had good effort on the weekend against the Tigers. Yep. Yeah, yeah, the they did. We're under a lot of pressure too, so they did. They did have moments in that game where they easily could have swung the pendulum the other way and get themselves ahead in that game. The effort is good, but unfortunately, the execution is not of a good standard at the moment for Aussie. No, no, you're quite right, and um, that that won't impress their coach. We know that Simon Goodwin, the very um, very serious type with pretty high standards, and that, and, and he'll know that that this is not an accurate reflection of where he wants this group to be. So, 
Yeah, this will be this will be burning them at the moment. I, I dare say internally. No, Indians, by the looks of things, no. they've got a lot of talent on their list. I mean, you know, some of their big inclusions that they brought in in the off season, for example, this off season, you know, a couple of high draft picks and you know, a couple of good fringe players or, or players who were in the best twenty-two of other clubs like. Mm-hmm. Ed Langdon and, and Adam Tomlinson, you know, good players, good players that are going to strengthen and hopefully make your team have more consistent performances, just haven't been properly jowling and just giving them the, the results that they probably would have thought they might be getting this season for us. Yeah, that's, that's, that's so right, uh, mate. And, and, and look, I suppose um, the tricky thing as well that we've sort of mentioned before, just more broadly speaking, but you've got a shorter season. You don't have a lot of time to turn it around now. That's absolutely right. So the pressure is going to be really on. We're going to touch on at the end of this program about some of the games that we're looking forward to and some of the danger games. But this round against the Gold Coast Suns, the pressure is really going to be on Goodwin if they lose that game. Oh, it's huge. They simply cannot afford to lose it. I might be stating the obvious there, but they really can't. Serps, you've actually, you've just reminded me of my own uh, mammoth loser. Same again, we're talking consecutive losses. I I don't want to drop the hammer on these guys too hard just yet, but Collingwood as well, they've they've got to be careful. (laughs) Collingwood. They really do. We we won't be hearing that anytime soon and for for various reasons. Many players at the moment out of form, more than you'd like at the one time, Mm -hmm. and that's without even touching on it. I don't want to go into it too far, obviously. I'm sure neither of us do, but... There are the uh, the ongoing off-field issues, and they're all they're all sort of happening at, at, at once. It's it's no doubt putting a lot of pressure on the on the place. They have a huge one this weekend against Hawthorne. That's that's understandably massive for both. And yeah, you just kind of wonder where where another loss would would send them at the moment. Um, not being in a good place off the field, that want to start and get things back on track on it as well. It's very, very hard to believe, Fryzy, that it was only a matter of weeks ago and we were discussing Collingwood as a as a favourite for the flag. Mm-hmm. And it's incredible just how quickly things can change. Last week, we touched on Still Sidebottom and his indiscretion. The off-field dramas have been mounting so much more pressure on that playing group. They finally get out of Melbourne. It might be a good thing to actually be out of Melbourne, out of the hub yep. where all these stories are circulating and, and being in that toxic environment, possibly. It might be a good thing for them. But, yeah, they're going to have to turn their fortunes around, Fryzy. It was very disappointing performance after quarter time on Friday night. Yeah, you're too right. And, look, it may well be the little refresh that that group needs. But, gee, it's, again, I'm... I'm I know it's been said to death in the media already, but it doesn't help either that the scandals happen to be surrounding some of their best and most important players. Like for them to for them to go deep into the finals like they have the last few seasons, well, they, they, these guys are, are so important. They're everything. And I feel like someone like a steel sidebottom Frizy as well is a very underrated player. Maybe not within the four walls of Collingwood, but certainly mm-hmm. outside in the competition. When you have a really star-studded lineup with your Scott Pendlebury's and Taylor Adams and Adam Trelaw. Absolutely. There's a lot of heat on uh, that whole group this week because, uh, yeah, as I said, three three in a row in the in the L column. You just can't afford it right now, I don't think. Yeah, absolutely can't. Right. Now, Fryzy, right. we rarely get this opportunity to really put salt in the wounds of Collingwood. We're firstly going to play a clip from when Essendon bet Collingwood, and it's a very, very famous clip, and the guy in this clip certainly gives Collingwood a good clip. Boys, just beat the pies. How good's that? 
It doesn't get any better than that, champion. I'll tell you what. To put up with the shit that we've put up with for the last few years, it's been a f***ing nightmare. We hate it, right? Then to come out and pump these assholes who have done nothing but put shit on us for so long. Get a big dog up, you Collingwood. You f***ing deserve it. You all. Also, Frizy, we are going to rattle off some of our favourite Collingwood jokes because you know what, Frizy, we are in the state of mind. We may not get this opportunity again oh. for a while. Let's really rub it in, Frizy. I've got a joke for you here. What is oh. the difference between a Collingwood fan and an arsonist? Oh, what do we got here, sir? Arsonist wouldn't waste twenty-five matches. Oh, Frizy oh. delivered in the last quarter. Oh, jeez, oh. <laughs> oh, has it? It hasn't taken long to pile into them. And look, as you said, we don't get to do it very often. Look, if you if we're going to go down that path, well, I'm going to have to return, sir, with you then here. On, so, what do you got? What has got 100 legs and four teeth? Oh, gee, Frizzy, tell me. The front row of the Collingwood cheer squad. Oh, 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 oh. Jesus! <laughs> That's right. We've really taken full advantage already, though, haven't we, of the situation? Let's let's just see how many how many little punches we can get in there. But <laughs> and and Fryzy, it's it's difficult to explain to to any of our international listeners about Collingwood because mm-hmm. it's 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 a hard thing to kind of that they are probably the most hated team in Victoria if you're talking about any of the other respective clubs, especially if you talk to Carlton supporters who are probably one of their biggest, biggest rivals. And yeah, the fans have a reputation. Let's just put it that way for being just a little bit on the feral side. So all those other listeners from outside uh, Australia here, yeah, there's a bit more context about why us Victorians feel a little funny about Collingwood supporters. <laughs> Bring it back, give it the sack, have a crack is back for another triumphant week. Bring it back, Frizzy. Prior opportunity. Now, last week we spoke about the state of the game and we spoke about Alastair Clarkson's comments. Mm-hmm. But as, as usually happens with old rules that aren't being delivered as well as they should be, the new interpretation of holding the ball is a little bit of an overcorrection and we saw a lot of times during this weekend where the player gets the ball pretty much, let's say, straight from a stoppage, automatically tackled and have no prior opportunity, yet get pinned for holding the ball. Frizy, is this an overcorrection or did the umpires get this right? Uh, look, it's a really tricky one, Serpent. Look, I suppose as we said last week, there's so much grey, but yeah, you can really tell, can't you, they're, they're very, very strict on the ball being dropped. You know, if they if they see that attempt, no matter how vague or brief the attempt may be, as long as they see it, I feel like they're tending to let those go. But gee, they're, yeah, they're really hot on very the guys hot. that get the ball and, and, and drop it, even if they've had a split second sort of thing. That that I can understand because that's that's within the rules. I think we all know that. But um yeah, there's a lot of still grey within the within the prior opportunity. One one single game can throw up many different outcomes, unfortunately. So, yeah, I, I do get the confusion, I think. The umpires have a pretty tough job with um, different kind of focuses from week in to week out. And, yeah, trying to find a middle ground might be one of the harder things to do as an umpire. Yeah, yeah no, it's, it's well said. And, unfortunately, it's still, it's still very tricky to get, uh, to get right. But, no, look, I agree. Bring it back, Serp. Simpler, 
simpler rules around holding the ball. Yes, please. The banner for the milestone men on the weekend we saw down at GMHBA Stadium in Geelong. The 350-game superstar Gary Ablett and the 300-game superstar Joel Selwood. The stars aligned for this incredible array of superstars being involved in one game. But unfortunately, with the current situation, we weren't able to send them off in the best possible way. But gee whiz, what about a banner, Frizy? Come on, surely, surely, surely the Deakin University students, who, by the way, Deakin University, elite partner for the Geelong Cats, surely the students could have scrapped one up during these school holidays, Frizy. What's going on? Oh, could have done, surely. I mean, it's such a huge occasion for two of your legends. You're never going to get something like this again on the on the one night. Even if they had a very open cut square in the middle that they could have just run through, don't have no no contact needed. Even a bit of bit of chalk or a bit of paint on the ground, paint the big bald patch and uh, paint the yeah. cut eyelid for for Joel. Uh, and you've got you've got the perfect the bandage the there. bandage over the head. Yeah, yeah. Look, it 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 would have been a nice touch to be honest. It's a it's a shame they couldn't. Give it the sack, Frizy. The West Coast Eagles' new pop song. We're just going to play it for you really quickly here. Have a listen to this. Is this a theme song or a pop song? Um, what, are you, what are your thoughts on this? Oh, well, I, I, I remember when this came out. Was it last year or the year before? And I I, I just don't know. I, I recall their old song. I thought there was nothing wrong with the one they had. I thought it was pretty good, to be honest. And even towards the 2018 final series, they added in a bit of trumpet, a bit of brass stuff, and it kind of sounded like it was almost like a royal march. And it it really worked for when they won that grand final that year. Mm -hmm. It really sounded good. But, yeah, I'm not too sure about this. Look, I like the didgeridoo. I like the Indigenous influence within the song. But, again, it's a little bit too Eurovision for me, Frizy. Yeah, um, I'm with you on that. And look, I don't really think any of the songs need changing, do they? I mean, they're all they're all fantastic, and they have been since since day one. They have been, they have been, Frizy. And I mean, look, maybe the Gold Coast Sun song might get a little bit poppy in parts, but in general, oh, yes. it, it's it's grown on us. I think as footy, I support. think so. I think so. Yeah, look, they've all generally um, been received very well. So there, there was, it was a real surprise when uh, when they brought that out. It's it's received mixed reviews to say the mm-hmm. least. I've I've read some of the YouTube comments. They're uh, oh. they can't be repeated. I think fans want yep. the sack. But we're gonna play this other song for you, all of our lovely listeners out there. This is the Adelaide Crows theme song from 1993. And Frizy, I don't know if they ever actually used this in game time, but oh, have a listen to this and tell me what you think about this. They're windy up at Windy Hill. There ain't no sauce for the pies. The Hawks have had their wings clipped Cause we're reaching for the skies The Lions have stopped their roaring The Bulldogs have lost their bite 
The blues have got a case of the blues. Here's the reason why. Here we go, here we go, Cameron Crows. Here we go, Cameron Crows, here we go. We'll be there in the square, nose to nose. We've been hot till the siren goes. Where the new boys do so much to show. So, Frizy, that was the Adelaide Crows theme song back in 1993. They mentioned Camry. They're the Camry Crows. Can you believe that? Yeah, how about that? You don't often hear sponsors' names get dropped into club songs, but you and I obviously don't recall this happening, given it's before either of our uh, our time. But, yeah, I can see why this was was canned pretty quickly, can't you? (laughs) Gee, isn't it fortunate that it was in 93, <laughs> not 97 or 98? What is that? That is just... I, I didn't even know this this existed until until you showed me. <laughs> it's a very it's a very different sound. It sounds like it's something from Play School, which is of course one of our famous children's shows on the ABC. But yeah, I don't know if that's the most appropriate song for a uh, AFL football club. No, no, I'm with you on that. I think we. Uh... That's probably our, our most appropriate give it the sack we've had so far. I think so. Get oh. that out of here. Absolutely, the crows were robbed. Right in front of me. Right in front of me. Right, 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 right in front of me. Now, have a crack, Frizy. Have a crack. So, AFL Games on a COVID-free island. We talk about neutral territory for games. Well, what about finding a neutral territory for literally every single club and player and coaching staff in the competition? The UFC, Frizy, have been Here we go. Do this with quite some success. So there is a fight island and it is in Abu Dhabi. Yes, it's called ah, Yas yes. Island and it's in the United Arab Emirates. It's 25 square kilometers and it's a popular tourist destination located about 15 minutes from the international airport there in Abu Dhabi. So quite a convenient location. There's multiple hotels, amusement parks, concert venues. There's a golf course there as well. There's a oh, well. And if you haven't finished yet, what about a private beach amongst those various attractions? It has hosted the Formula One Grand Prix there for the last 11 years, and they're expected about 3,300 COVID tests to be administered there to all the staff and, of course, the athletes flying into the island. Frizy, do we like this idea? And oh, well. Do we reckon Australia has the right what? islands to possibly do one of these for our own? What have we got here? Look, we're at that sort of stage where we're open to radicalism, I think. We need as many different ideas as we can. Look, hey, in terms of facilities, SERPs, it ticks all the boxes. I mean, Frizy, let's look into this a little bit further. They are fighting in the Flash Forum, which is an indoor fighting arena, which... Obviously, will operate without fans. But then again, with jurisdiction, they might possibly be able to get fans in there, but probably for the athlete's safety, maybe not the best idea. But in this 
state-of-the-art venue, they have a mist tunnel, which is expected to kill 99% of surface bacteria. It also looks amazing. Imagine just our players walking through a mist tunnel before coming onto any kind of stadium on an island. I mean, it'd be a pretty good look for us. Oh, seeing that on TV would be spectacular. Look, if they're, if they're worried about uh, getting TV numbers up, I think that would be an absolute hit. Australia have a lot of their own islands. I mean, obviously, Tasmania yep. is the biggest one, but what about this for Northern Territory tourism? If we were to play games on the Tiwi Island, which, by the way, already has a pretty good AFL competition there. Mm-hmm. I mean, they love their footy up in the NT. The Tiwi Islands are 100 kilometres north of Darwin, which is only about a 30-minute flight as well for clubs having to fly into the island. They've got some of the oldest and most diverse art centres in the Tiwi Islands. It'd be a great cultural and educational experience to try and spread some of this amazing Indigenous culture and history to the rest of Australia and internationally. So the Tiwi Islands could be a cool location and they got swimming and plenty of fishing there as well, which is also a good draw card for Mm. tourists. So that might be a good destination for us. I dare say any of your more remote uh, Australian islands, they're probably all a long way away from any COVID cases as well, aren't they? Yeah, given the circumstances for us, it might be nice for the players to get away, get some sunshine and just be in a completely different location. Yep, I'm with you on that. Look, Serp, as we know, this show is about innovation. It's full of ideas and (laughs) add this to the list. You never know. Invite some of the girls from Love Island as well and, you know, get get a bit of drama in there. Get some cameras in. Bring back Daniel Gorringe. He can get some of the players fired up and get the drama circulating. I mean, gosh, it could be drama and excitement everywhere you look, guys. Serps, if that's what it's going to take, then I think they, as we said, they need to get bold and a bit creative here for this season. Why not try and do it in the best possible way? Let's get to our final thoughts and what we're looking forward to this round. Frizy, what is the game that you're most looking forward to in round six? Oh, yes. Well, it's a very interesting question this every week. This week, I'm going to go for two fairly highly fancied sides that have had reasonably good starts to the year, particularly Port Adelaide. So they're taking on the Giants uh, Sunday afternoon at Metricon, of all places oh, to wow. play Port Adelaide versus GWS, I suppose. Eh? It's uh, odd as that sounds. You've got two teams that are both probably going to be there towards the pointy end. Um, they play some very slick, attractive football so far this season. We know the Giants have for the last few seasons. Port Adelaide, maybe despite that little roadblock last week, they're probably still believing that the hype is very much real. This is a huge clash. GWS are back in form the last two weeks. They played well against the Hawks, played well the week before against the Pies. They are looking certainly a lot better than they were a couple of weeks ago when they played the Doggies and really got showed up against them. So, yeah, yeah, very intrigued to see how both of these teams play against each other. And, yeah, really looking forward to both... Charlie Dixon and Jeremy Cameron, two ends of the ground. Bit of a bit of a hopefully a bit of an old-fashioned shootout between those two big men. Now, my game I'm excited about this week is the good old Geelong Cats up against the Brisbane Lions. The Cats and the Lions, the two cats, as we mentioned before, being played in a neutral venue in Sydney. Mm-hmm. So 
anyone's game, really. Exciting, mouth-watering matchups everywhere you oh. look, and a bit of a cat scratch match, but it's going to be very, very exciting <laughs> to see. That's a fantastic little summary you've just given us there, mate. That was uh, that was very sharp, I must say. Now, Frizy, in sport, there are some very, very interesting. Sometimes we call them excuses. Other times we call them unfortunate events that spiral yes. out of control. Now, yes. big Jono Patton Fries from the Hawthorne Football Club missed a match recently due to an injury that is very, very bizarre. Frizy, how many times have you injured yourself cooking a salmon? Well, the only uh, chance of me injuring myself, I think, while while eating my own food would be because I'm such a terrible cook and I've <laughs> put myself in, in the hospital as a result. Now, isn't this just bizarre? What's going on here? Frizy, a couple of reasons that I might think are relatively plausible is the first one is there are some big salmons out there. And if he mm-hmm. literally had taken it out of an esky after he went fishing and then tried to put it straight into a hot saucepan with some olive oil, that might not have ended too well. There might have been a squirmy fish running around his kitchen trying to attack him. But most likely, you would think that the fish would have already been nicely cut up and ready to cook. Yeah, there's got to be more factors at play here because I just extremely unheard of. And Frizy, finally... Yes. Finally... Isaac Rankin, he was pick number three for the Gold Coast Suns in 2018. He's had a lot of injury setbacks, unfortunately. He's seen some of the likes of Max King and Lacocious play incredibly well Mm -hmm. in his absence. But Isaac Rankin, what is your takes on him as a young gun? And uh, are you happy to see him debut this week? Oh, yeah, look, bring bring it on. I think uh, the more more success stories and uh, exciting youngsters we get a glimpse of this season, you know, in a season where everyone's everyone's watching from home and probably watching more footy than they normally would do, look, it's exciting. Um, We will see, yeah, if they've uh, been able to snare another young gem to their list now again as we've said before like all these boys they've just got to hang hang on to him for as long as they can they have to and he's originally a south australian boy as well and as we oh, know okay. Adelaide need the talent so hopefully the suns yes. can put quite a convincing offer his way and they're playing pretty well at the moment being very competitive mm-hmm. and hopefully he will stick around for a couple of years Frizy, it has been an absolute pleasure to be speaking with you today on In the Ballpark. We will have Maxi back next week, which we're very, very excited about. Again, take care in lockdown, in isolation, and keep wearing that umpiring gear around. And yeah, keep umpiring people when they get a little bit too close Uh, to each other. That's right, sir. Look, uh, thanks again. Wouldn't have it any other way. It's been another fantastic week. And look, you're right. Maybe in a bit of downtime, I'll be there at the supermarket with a whistle in hand and just making sure that everybody's just doing what they're supposed to be only two toilet rolls per person did you not hear me the first time that's right look otherwise we you you know you don't want a 50 meter penalty you don't want to get you don't want to go to the back of the queue you are going to be an absolute local hero in the upcoming six weeks hopefully it's Uh, just six weeks (laughs) fingers crossed but the main thing is footy's still on to everyone listening thank you for joining us on another episode of in the ballpark we'll see you next week with the full team and enjoy all of the round six action in the AFL. Thank you for joining us. Goodbye.